Hello and welcome back to XY, a show about mental health on men. Exciting news, XY is now sponsored by 136 Fitness. 136 Fitness is a online and in-person training program that covers physical, nutritional and mental health. We are super excited to have them as a show sponsor. You should go check them out at 136.fitness. That's the words, not the numbers. So 136.fitness. And you can get them on the gram at the same handle, 136.fitness. Go check them out. We love them. Okay, so today's episode, we have the super lovely and charming Nick, who is the founder of Grindhouse, ex-master trainer at Barry's Bootcamp, and all-round genuine guy. We spoke a lot about his experience pre-fitness industry, in the fitness industry. I learned a lot about him as an individual. Um, and I think you'll find that he was super open, super transparent and super honest. And massive thank you to the guy. Really, really enjoyed chatting to him. Um, and yeah, enjoy the episode. Well, here we are on the XY podcast. Cheers for joining me, mate. Um, Pleasure. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, I guess I found out about you through a mate. He yes. told me about Grindhouse, which I definitely want to hear more about because it's really bloody cool. Really love everything you guys are doing on social. I've not done a class yet, but it's it's on the list of things to to try. I'm working my way through the subscription online services. I'm a sucker for a subscription. There's a fair few out there at the minute. So yeah, you all, yeah. I'll show yeah, you the hand. <laughs> um so yeah trying trying a few different options. But um love everything you guys are doing. Thank there's so much personality behind it. But this podcast is about mental health and men. Doesn't need to be yeah. too heavy, but um, I heard you. I heard you kind of talk a lot about like your journey as a trainer, and I was really, I was really kind of like inspired by you. You were talking about like your first class. You were like mega nervous. You couldn't sleep before it, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, there's no kind of there's no kind of rigid structure to this. But I would just love to hear a little bit about your journey as a trainer. And then yeah. why you started Grindhouse. Um, the floor is yours, man. Like, take it away. I'll interrupt if I've got questions. But I'd just love to hear a little bit yeah. more about you. Where do I start? I mean, I guess, yeah, like, look, for me, my um, my entry into the fitness world was, like, very unconventional. I was, like, I was always into fitness as a kid. And, you know, I used to play a lot of kind of rugby when I was younger. And there was obviously a passion when I went to uni and I started to train. And I was, like, I actually really like this for more than just, like, training and I guess the system I was in, like 95% of the population is like, you're at university, you get kind of drilled into thinking that you need to have a nine to five. So when I left university kind of through like the system and just like the training, I was like, well, fitness isn't really a tangible option then. And like, obviously, you know, way back then when I graduated, it was 2011, like the fitness industry was still probably very one dimensional in the sense that like, it was probably PT working in a gym and there was no real sense of like boutique fitness at all. So I guess you could, you know, look at it from like a, you know, like a financial opportunity or whatever. Like we don't have the, like in 2011, there wasn't the platform that like you have like kind of nowadays, like, you know what I mean? Nowadays, right now, if you want to become a personal trainer, even though, you know, the market is so saturated, there's still so much opportunity with the likes of social media and just so much else that are happening right now. So like it's evolving quick. And mm. even though it feels like it's, been around for a long time we're literally at the inception within the uk specifically like if you've got to look at what kind of uh, the us is up to and so many other areas like we're still way behind so there's so much opportunity but my route into it was yeah i mean like i said it was unconventional like i went into working into a nine-to-five i worked in marketing i worked for an agency that kind of focused in formula one and it was fun like it was like 
it was all right. Like I lived that whole cycle of nine to five, Monday to Friday, kind of living for the weekends. I was fairly good at my job. I was okay. I was competent, but I wasn't anything like spectacular. And I knew one day that it wouldn't be something I wanted to fulfill long term. I've talked openly about having a stammer before. So I, I've i had a stammer now probably since the age of eight or nine. It wasn't something that like I had initially as a child, but it's something that came about. I don't know why. I don't know how. I've done everything under the sun, like from fucking like sort of i mean nlp i've done like courses i've done i've done everything you know to yeah. find out exactly what the root is and like it is psychological i've had a i've had a long old kind of arduous journey with it but it it certainly had an effect on my confidence and myself as a kid my communication obviously when you're young and you want to try and communicate and that's like taken away from you and like, there's a lot of anxiety there as well. Like as children, mm-hmm. they don't really understand why someone's not able to talk. So I used to get like bullied quite a lot when I was younger. And obviously that had a bit of an impact on me as well. Luckily, I had a lot of other things that was a release. Like I was fairly popular. Like I was head of house. I used to play kind of rugby. So I like, I had all those things on my sides, which I was like really lucky. If I didn't have that, I would have been fucked. And I remember I went to a speech therapy course fairly, um, so recently it was like, I think when I was like 25, 26 and I was with all these other individuals and like, I was the most confident there. And even I was there cause I had an issue and I was trying to rectify my stammer too. But I was like in the presence of like hundreds of kids that you could just see from looking at them, like their confidence was just shot. Like they had nothing mm. about them. Like it destroyed me. Cause I'm like, I find it hard enough as it is. And like, I can kind of like, I can like, hold myself like you know what I mean but when you don't really have much like it's so destroying seeing someone who's literally like they want to communicate and they want to kind of make something of themselves and not, and they're not able to as well so like I guess you could say the reason why I didn't pursue fitness earlier or anything that was like a forward-facing role or like a front-facing role is because of my fear of like public speaking and anything like that like if I was to read out in class or if I was to make a presentation at work it would just be a nightmare it would have been something that I would like struggle with. I, I just, I just would hate it. So like mm-hmm. long story short, I went on this course and the course made me realize that like, look, I can either just accept the fact that because I got a stammer, I'm going to just accept the fact that I'm going to, you know, kind of work a nine to five and I'm going to succumb to the fact that I let this thing of mine, like, you know, defeat me. And I can just accept that for the rest of my life. Or I can make a change and just see, you know, what could happen. So I left, I quit my job um i did think this was like maybe summer of um 2015 or 2016 i think it was i was like 26 at the time i was like right i didn't have anything lined up whatsoever like i had a little bit of savings i was just like i just need to see what's going to happen because again like i was rocking into work on a monday i was like i was so unfulfilled i felt like i didn't really have a purpose as such and i was like i can i can continue this or i can just find something else and if it obviously works out amazing if not then I can always apply for someone else. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's always that safety net there. That um, skill set, again, it's not going anywhere. You can, you can go back to marketing, you know? It's, <laughs> it's always there. Like, you know, it's, even though it's still challenging to find a job nowadays, like if like, you know, with my sort of CV and stuff, like I just knew that it, you know, like it's obviously always there. Um, it was a very, it was the most uncomfortable two years of my life from the point where I left my job to the point where I finally got something in the fitness industry. I think I was like out of work for like, you know, 18 months. Like I had to sell my car. I had to 
Bruh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, a long I time, man. Yeah. yeah, like I had to like I, I, I basically had no money and it was like I was fucking scared and I was like, I had the worst anxiety ever compiled with the fact that I wasn't able to talk and I had anxiety over that as well. Like it was just a bit of a shit 18 months. But in those like times, you learn so much about yourself. I can't tell you how much I learned from having no money, from meeting Izzy, my fiance now. She didn't have any money. We were literally just living this life where we were fucking winging it. But you you realise that you're meant to survive and that in that time of survival, you, you will literally just sort of find a way and like it made me realize like if I can survive through this period then I can literally survive through anything and it it was real it was it was like an eye-opening like you know 18 months but like through networking through like finding opportunity I managed to find a job at this place called Ministry Does Fitness which isn't open anymore I think they were only open for a few years but essentially I got a job as an assistant coach and the way it worked at Ministry of Fitness is you had like a lead coach and then you had an assistant and the assistant was just sort of helping out the lead coach in a class. So the class was like around 20 people. I was, I was just assisting in, you know, the likes of like sort of form and whatnot. And again, like I didn't really know at this point, mate, that I wanted to become a coach. I was just like, I'm interested in fitness, maybe aspirationally would want to open a facility. So I'm going to work here just to see how everything sort of runs. Anyway, on a Sunday night, the coach that was meant to, teach the Monday class she like springs me up and again like at that time we had a very small team so we didn't really have the luxury of like coaches being able to come in sort of last sort of minute so she was like I've got food poisoning I'm not able to teach you might have to fill in for me it was like 8 p.m on a Sunday night the class was 6 a.m on a Monday morning and I was just like I can't do this I'm not I'm not gonna be like there is absolutely sort of no way so Izzy at the time she was like you just have to you like fake it until you make it like what's the worst, you know, like the worst outcome is, is that it goes completely tits up and you either receive a complaint or you get like sort of fired. That's literally the worst. So I was like, okay, cool. But like, I remember you saying at the beginning of the call, it was that kind of moment where I was like, I, I did not even sleep. I had like, when you are faced with a situation like that and like, whenever I, had presented or whenever I used to read out aloud in class when I was a youngster, there's just like that feeling of like uncontrollable anxiety. Like you shake, you have so much nerves and like, I can't really describe uh, uh, the feeling, but it's like, it's like, you know where everything is like, it's literally there. You're just like, literally like, I feel sick. Um, And I rocked up to teach. I was so nervous at the time. And again, it was like, the mic went on, the music went on, and I had the I had literally the sickest hour of my life. Like I was fluent on the mic. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, this is literally magic. It was crazy, mate. Like for someone like me, again, like this is like a massive moment where I could be in a conversation with Izzy right now, and even with you, and there'll be times I'll get like, 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 you know, I'll like slip up on my like sort of words. And on the mic, I'm fluent. Like literally, I'm so eloquent. I'm so fluent. Everything is like crystal clear. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And it just so happens that when I have this mic on and I have the music and I have the lights on, it's like I turn into someone else. And like everything is just like I'm in the zone and everything is as like sort of normal. And I'm like, shit. So that was like a eureka moment in my life. And ever since then, like I never looked back. I was like, wow, it turns out that I'm actually all right at this. So I just literally went for it. And that was like four years ago. So from the time I taught my first class to the time now, obviously worked for 
Flurries became a senior trainer there, filled up classes from like 50 to 60 people. I've worked with Under Armour. I've done sort of YouTube videos with Under Armour as well. I've done like presenting and I'm now obviously owning Drydale. So like we've had like, we've had a, we've had a long ride, but it's been sick. And uh, it just, I think it just shows like if there's anything that my story shows is like, if you've got any insecurities, if you've got any fears, if you've got any sort of worries, you have to look over that because you never know what could happen if like you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, like you never know. So I guess that's one of my, like, I want to like, kind of encourage a lot more individuals to, because I see it now, like there's a lot of people afraid of stuff. I'm like, what are you afraid of? You know, what's the mm. worst that should happen? So, um, so here we are. Is, yeah. So, man, don't know where to start with my rebuttal, because uh, so many parallels, actually. like one, I've just, or I'm in the process of chucking um, like a 10-year career in marketing to like work in fitness. Wish I'd done it like three, four years ago. Got my final PT exam on Saturday coming up. Yeah. Uh, started like instructing at like a gym um, in the city. And it's just so cool and inspiring to hear somebody else who's done that and it like worked out for them. So personally, sick. Great to great to hear that like it, it all went well. But that's like, that's nuts that you were, you come across like such a confident guy, right? Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you run a business, like the videos you post online are all, of you like smashing it on stage or on stage, but like kind of it's a performance, yeah. right? Of, of some description. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so for you to just kind of so easily on the mic, come on and be like, yeah, it's like riddled with anxiety, super scared about like that first class that I taught, but then to hear that actually you got on stage and it was totally fine is yeah. that's really inspiring me. Like there's a lot of people that will hear that. That'll think. Like, yeah. I think, I think what's also important, important is like it's not something like a lot of the time we talk about in life overcoming things and like I used to say that I overcame it but I I haven't overcome it like it's something I still fear now like every time I have to teach I get nervous still like mm. you know I'll, I'll have some moments where I'm fluent and I'll have other moments where I'm on the mic and like it's just not really working out and like it's not about overcoming it it's about sort of managing it and like even the most confident people, I'm not saying I'm super confident, but like I like trust my instincts now. But even then, mm. like I still have those days where I feel insecure. I still have those days where I feel nervous and shit. I still have those days where I I feel like a worthless piece of shit. But we all have those days, and like mm. I feel it's like important to remind yourself that like when you feel like that, it's not important. No, when you feel like that, it's important to persist still like when you quit mm. it's it's so easy for you just to sack it off do you know what i mean like we're we're so meant we are mentally more resilient than we ever will know and it's just about training yourself to get yourself in uncomfortable situations and i'm really lucky in the sense that when i have to teach or when i have to present or when i have to do a podcast or do anything that involves me talking, I put myself in an uncomfortable situation. So mm. for me, I see myself as if like I'm learning every single day. So like for yeah. me, it's like I, I've i like chosen to see that as a positive now rather than resist it. I, I used to resist ordering sort of food when I was at a restaurant. I used to ask my sort of mom. I used to resist answering the phone. I used to resist it so much. Now I'm like, well, no, it's actually an opportunity for you to learn. If that makes Man. sense. Yeah. No, it makes more than, than sense. It's one of those, I think, so I can completely relate to the point around, um, it's about 
yeah, being uncomfortable and like sitting in that uncomfort and learning how to tolerate it and learning that actually like you are stronger than your um, weakest moments. Yeah. And for me last year, so like kind of did a 12 week course of therapy, kind of really hit my lowest low last year, as I think a lot of people did. Like last year was, it was a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was intense. Um, and I remember at the start of therapy, my therapist being like, we're not here to fix you, by the way. And I was livid. I was like, well, why the fuck are we? Like, what am I paying you money? For? Like, yeah. if we're not going to fix me, then what the fuck are we doing on this call? Um, literally. And now, yeah, it's like, it's when that light bulb goes off, it's like, oh shit, like we're not here to cure you of anxiety. We're not here to, to kind of like, like unsad you. Yeah, we're not here to make yeah. everything easy. We're actually here to like teach you how to, to like yeah, deal money. with those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely feel you. Insecurities yeah. and doubts, like that's, as you say, like that's that's the gig, like that's the job. That's every day and every week, there's going to be those like hurdles, but actually learning how to like keep going anyway. Um, yeah. It's interesting, man. You're a wise, you're a wise guy, Nick. Was that something that you did only for 12 weeks or is it something which you can continue with now? Uh, therapy. Um, I've been it was a- I'll be honest, like I've been... I've been looking at it for a while now. And again, it's not, I feel like when we talk about that in the UK, it's like, oh, there's something wrong with you. Whereas like, mm. for me, I just want to like, I've been really interested in therapy because I want to talk to someone else about what I've learned over the last year. Like, I feel mm. like we've, I've, I've learned so much about you know myself, my actions, my tendencies, my personalities. And I'm like, I want to talk to someone just because I want to learn even more about myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm just interested. Like, I'm really curious to understand how people have found it because it's not something that I'm like, oh, I need to now have therapy because there's something wrong with me. I'm like, I want to have it because I want to evolve even more. So I'm yeah, just, yeah. Really no, man, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't like um, agree with it more. Like, I did this podcast about mental health and men before I was in therapy and before, but it's who knows? Like, maybe there was a reason that I started this podcast subconsciously that I kind of wanted to like get to know more about mental health. But I would have said. Before I was um, before I was in therapy and before I started on antidepressants, I had a huge stigma about both. Like I had this yeah. idea in my, I didn't think I did. Like I kind of thought that I was supportive of people who who did both, but actually I had a stigma because when it came to the doctor being like, I think you need to speak to someone, we should also maybe explore antidepressants. I had this like yeah. hang up of like, yeah. Part, what was that? Sorry. I don't know. I was saying like, yeah, but like, I feel that's what we've been like trained mm-hmm. to think you know, almost in a way, like, yeah, it's something that you, that you automatically think, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. Like there's nothing like, like this, nothing like wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. But I was having a conversation with someone because like, A, if you, if you've got like a sore head or a sore leg or whatever, like you don't worry about taking painkillers for that. Or if like you're sick, you take medicine and you do treatment or you do physio, but we do have that stigma around mental health. Right. But like the, even further than that, the the weirdest thing is that like if if I was to like smash a grindhouse class today, you would want me to do like a selfie and post and tag you guys and be like just smashed a class like feeling sick, right? But you, and that's like that's like exercising my physical muscles. Why as a society can we not be in a place where I would like and that's bragging, right? That's me like flexing. So like why why would I not do that about therapy? Like why would I not be like just spent an hour talking about my emotions? feeling so much better for it. Like I'm hurting, like, yeah, but it'll, it'll improve. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm, I'm literally so with you on that. I think it will evolve. I think, I think we're at a, like a, 
I think we're at the level now where it's becoming a little bit more accepted. But look, at the end of the day, there's so much like subconscious rooted stuff, which we've been trained to think a certain way. And like that mm-hmm. whole like idea of like toxic masculinity, where like, man, it's something I've been really anti at the moment. Like just realizing the way kind of males act towards each other. I fucking hate it. Um, and it really oh, buddy. Yeah, like it really takes me back to like, you know, my uni days, my rugby days. And I was like, why was I trying to act a way where I knew that wasn't me? And I, I but, th- but this is the thing, like in the UK specifically and even, even all over the world, but I think a lot in the UK, we don't realize it more than we think. Like people are trying to act a certain way that they know is not them. And like, I see it amongst males now. And like, I'm so removed from that. I'm so, I'm like so much more, you know, the complete opposite of that now. And I just see it and I'm just like, you guys need to fucking grow up. Like you need to start, you know, realizing more about yourselves, but there's a long way for us, you know, like it's so, it's so early. And I think the more like woke, you know, we become or, or whatnot. And it's not even a sense of wokeness. I think the more you accept that you need to talk about your mental health, your mind, you need to, you know, become more self-aware. You need to ask yourself the right questions. Like you look at, you know, the way society's living and it's just like, it's unhappy, man. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. so many people are just so miserable and depressed and I'm just like, well, that's because you're not willing to ask yourself the questions, you know, why am I upset or kind of why am I sad? Like you're drinking yourself into the ground Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like you're not serving, you know, to yourself and like physical health is amazing and training and fitness and amazing. Like it's such an amazing thing, but you know, like, it, like exactly as you say, you need to spend more time exercising your mind as well, which I think is hard. It is hard, but it's something which everyone needs, dude, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's honestly not rocket science. Like I think once I'm qualified, for me, the big focus is combining like nutrition, physical and mental health. So I want to be like speaking to people a lot. I want to like really get to know them. I want it to be more than just like, I kind of don't think I'll ever have a client where I'm like, let's get swole at the gym, not least of all, because I am neither swole, like, nor have any intention of like getting that way. Um, yeah. Like, I'm more about that holistic thing. Like, I, I'm I'm looking forward to working with people to make them happy in kind of a variety of senses, you know. Um, but I think that like it's it's not hard. Like the, the the days and weeks when I feel happiest are the ones where I've made good food. Like I've got up early. I've done the workouts I said I was going to do. I've run the distances I said I was going to run. Um, I've invested time with my wife. I've like phoned my mom. Like, you know, like when you do the things that you make the time for the stuff that you know nourishes the soul, but you feel better for it. Like it's, and yet we don't, as you say, we, we really over-invest our time in like destructive shit and buying stuff. And like, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think the reason why a lot of people aren't kind of moving towards that though is because they don't know any, it's like, they don't know any other way. Like, if you know what I mean, like you're used to, drinking three, four times a week, sleeping five hours, you know, it's not having these right conversations and stuff. Like, it's like you're none the wiser. So when you are then asked to, like, train three, you know, sort of three, four days a week, you know, obviously, like, make all your food, like, sleep eight hours. Like, I I always say to someone, like, sleep is, like, one of the largest factors for me. Like, if I sleep eight, nine hours a night, I feel amazing. And then when, when I sleep to five hours a night, I feel shit. But if you're – but someone who sleeps five hours every single night will not know – the feeling of sleeping eight, nine hours. So it's like you get kind of used to operating at just 50%. And this is the thing, yeah. like everyone's just used to operating at this sort of level where it's like, well, you don't know what's up here. So mm. you know what I mean? It's like a vicious cycle. 
A hundred percent. Sleep yeah, is like, a superpower. Like when, when you get into that good rhythm of like, I mean, I'm such an old man. I'm 30, but I feel like such an old man. Like at 9 p.m. every night, I'm like, let's go to bed. Yeah, same here. I've got the most kind of anal rigid routine. Like I'm like, I sleep by 10. I wake up at seven. Like I love sleep. I'm a bit of an introvert. I like my alone time. But like at the end of the day, look, what more do you need? Like, again, you don't need a hundred friends. You need like sort of five. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, like it's, it's so fucking true. Like I haven't got time to like, you know, pretend that I want to be social or like, I want to be mates to everyone. I've got shit to do. Like our vision is like very, very clear. And like, like I think that's why it really works with, what's happening with like trying us and ours because there's literally five of us and like they're pretty much the only five individuals I see or I talk to besides my family and like mm. as in not in a you know in like an arrogant way but it's like I don't need anyone else right now like we're on a mission like I need to make this work we're going to make this work and like if you spread yourself like you know like kind of maybe it's like really thin then what's the point so yeah yeah literally what's the point yeah. Less is more. And that, yeah, as you say, like, I'm not out here trying to be a friends with everyone, not because I'm not sociable or not friendly, but just because, yeah, like, I like my friends. I've got, I've got my inner circle of people that I hang with, and that's kind of the one. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up in a sec. But the last thing I kind of wanted to ask you about is like, how important has your relationship with Ezzy been in terms of like the journey that you've had going through that anxiety and like a career change? And what, what role she played for you in that? Mate, she's um yeah she's like if it if it wasn't for her then I wouldn't be where I am um and like I say that with like yeah just like like I don't really have the words for it I met her when I was at this like like almost a point in my life where like I was so low and I left work and I, I didn't really feel like I offered anything and like to have someone who just like if there's someone I know that literally just supports me through anything, like it is, like it is her. Um, yeah. Like it's weird. Like I don't really know what to say now cause I can't explain it, but like she is everything. And we've like, it's so weird. Cause like, obviously when you're in a relationship and stuff, you kind of have your own like paths and whatnot. We've done everything. Like we've literally worked with one another since like we became trainers at, diaries so like for the best part of four years like I've literally worked with her like we do everything with one another like we wake up we sleep we make food together we train and now we own a business and like I never get sick of her and like I think that's like a massive <laughs> thing. no 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 but like you know what I mean like sometimes in relationships it's really healthy you know like you know like everything with us is literally just in this small circle mm. and even then like if I don't see her for like 24 hours like I miss her still like you know what I mean like she is my rock and um yeah, she's, I guess the reason why I've evolved into becoming like the individual that now I look in the mirror and I'm like really satisfied with where I am and sort of how I like sort of hold myself is because like she's allowed me to be exactly like who I am. Like I'm a fucking weirdo. I am like, I'm I'm an introvert. I'm like, I have OCD. Like I'm really particular with certain things. Like I find it really hard to switch off. I like, I love my work. I love my training and stuff, but like through all these things, she's just there. And like, she just mm. lets me act how I want to act. And I feel acceptance in a relationship is so important. Like she's not trying to change anything. And it's not about changing things. It's about working with one another. And we just find this way to work with one another. And I think mm. if I anyone 
you know, small bit of advice in a relationship is like when you try and change things, it will never work. But when you just learn to work with one another and like bring the best out of one another, then you'll be sweet. So yeah, I owe everything to her, dude. Yeah. Man, again, like, yeah, that's sick to hear. Like, no kind of follow up on that one, man. That's just fucking awesome to hear. Um, Nick, it's it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Cannot say thank you enough for your honesty, your time. It's just been, um, it's been the one. So thanks so much, man. All right, dude. Cheers.